Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsmradio.org radio.org. Now, here's our show today. The Ancient of Days sits upon his throne. This is the word from Daniel. And in our program today from the Life Study of Daniel, we want to consider further the vision of Daniel in chapter 7 concerning the four beasts out of the Mediterranean Sea. We've previously seen that these four beasts are dreadful and terrible doing whatever they desire as if there were no God in the universe. However, this chapter reveals that the Ancient of Days is still on the throne. And joining us today for our second program on Chapter 7 is Ron Kangas. Ron, welcome back. This uh, chapter in the book of Daniel is quite important, isn't it? It's a very critical chapter, especially when we view it in the context of God's New Testament economy. I appreciate that you brought that out early. That's kind of a hidden nugget that uh, we have in store for our listeners today. I want to read a few verses from this chapter and then maybe insert something from the New Testament and get a quick comment before we join Witness Lee today. We're in Daniel chapter 7, and I want to start at verse 9. I watched until thrones were set, and the Ancient of Days sat down. His clothing was like white snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was flames of fire, its wheels burning fire. A stream of fire issued forth and came out from before him. Thousands of thousands ministered to him, and ten thousands of ten thousands stood before him. The court of judgment sat, and the books were opened. I watched in the night visions, and there with the clouds of heaven one like a son of man was coming. And he came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all the peoples, nations, and languages might serve him. His dominion is an eternal dominion, which will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. Ron, these verses record just a small portion of all that God opened to Daniel by the way of visions. Yet for all that Daniel saw, there was still quite much that he didn't see. And here we need to come to the New Testament, as you alluded to. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 9, Paul declares that they may see what the economy of the mystery is, which throughout the ages has been hidden in God. In the visions of Daniel 7, he saw Christ in his redemption, and he also saw Christ receiving his eternal kingdom. But sandwiched in between these two great landmarks is 
the vision hidden from the ages. Ron, maybe a quick comment before we join our brother. This is the vision of the mystery of God's economy, what Paul calls in Ephesians 3 to reverse the order of the words I just used, the economy of the mystery. This economy, in essence, is that based upon Christ's redemption, God in Christ as the Spirit wants to dispense himself and work himself into his redeemed people to not only regenerate them, but to sanctify, renew, transform, conform, and glorify them to make them his organic corporate expression. This is the mystery hidden from the ages, uh, not unveiled to Daniel, but revealed to Paul. Now, a very quick remark. In observing the study of prophecy over the last uh, couple of decades, I've noticed something sadly ironic, that many Christians are devoted to studying the end times and are very interested in identifying signs in the world situation that uh, indicate the, the coming of the end of the age. And the irony is that these believers, recipients of the Lord's grace, seem more devoted to understanding the prophecies of the end of the age than they are to participating in the carrying out of God's purpose for this age. We should study prophecy. Prophecy is enlightening, and it's a light in a dark place. But if it becomes a distraction from our participation in God's economy, the economy of the mystery in the church age, uh, this, let me say frankly, is a subtle trick of the enemy to use even this matter to lure the believers away from concentrating on what God is concentrating on in this age that is the carrying out of his eternal economy through the divine dispensing to build up the body of Christ in reality to consummate the new Jerusalem. So to speak of what is not mentioned in Daniel in relation to what is mentioned in Daniel is very enlightening, understanding Scripture with Scripture to realize how the prophecies fit into the overall scheme of God's economy for the fulfillment of his heart's desire. Hmm. A perfect setup, Ron. Let's join Witness Lee with our first portion. Now we come to the second message on chapter 7. Still the vision concerning the four beasts out of the Mediterranean Sea. Here in this chapter, there is few verses that says thrones were set and the ancient of days this God eternal God sat down now at this juncture in the city scene Christ comes Christ was coming like a son of man with the clouds of heaven actually the coming here is ascending Christ did a big work. That is his redemptive work. This is why in Daniel 9 you have the cutting off of Messiah. That cutting off of Messiah was a great achievement accomplished 
by Christ's first appearance. After he accomplished that, he ascended to the heaven. In between Christ's first appearance and his second appearance, there is a long period, at least 2,000 years. And within these 2,000 years, based upon what he accomplished in his death, God is doing marvelous, mysterious work. Daniel didn't see this. This was why Paul said, the mystery of the church has been hidden through the ages. No prophets had ever seen this. So here you can see a picture that Christ, after finishing the redemption, he just went to God to receive their kingdom, which he deserved to get. Well, Ron, let me repeat again. Daniel saw Christ in his redemption, then ascending to the Father. Then he sees Christ uh, at his second coming, receiving an eternal kingdom. Yet sandwiched in between these two events is the mystery of the ages that Paul referred to in Ephesians 9, a vision that much surpasses all of the things that Daniel saw, as magnificent as they were, helped to bring us into what Paul was seeing. Because there's no time element with God, he could reveal certain aspects of his prophetic plan, regardless of the time interval between them. So Daniel did speak concerning Christ's redemption and Christ's coming in the way of ascension to receive the kingdom and Christ's coming again to abolish human government and to set up the kingdom of God. If we only pay attention to this without considering the crucial interval covered in the New Testament, we can be distracted, even veiled, through our study of prophecy. I am burdened on this point, Chris, that we like to know the future according to the Bible. We like to know the signs of the end, so we study. But our study of prophecy should not distract us from what Paul is talking about in Ephesians 3. We are blessed to live in the age of grace, which is the age of mystery. This age was hidden from Daniel and the other prophets. In this age, the Lord is carrying out the most crucial portion of his eternal economy, to have the church as the new creation, constituted with Christ in resurrection as the firstborn Son of God, with many sons of God, as the many members of the body of Christ. What we need to experience in this age, based upon our initial salvation, is God's organic salvation, his divine dispensing, the building up to be the church in reality and practicality as the body of Christ. So, our study of prophecy should cause us to realize the crucial significance of God's plan for the present age and to incite us to give ourselves to this so that we can, with joyful anticipation, look forward to the end of this age because 
what God had in his heart to accomplish in this age has been achieved at least through the overcomers. Then we link God's economy, the economy of the mystery unveiled in Ephesians 3 with Daniel 7 and other crucial portions of the scripture concerned with prophecy. Then we will have a clear view of the approaching end and our present responsibility in light of it. Ron, Daniel is a book that has a particular characteristic, and that is it draws the marking lines or the lines of demarcation of the ages, and that's alluded to in these prophecies that are being opened up and touched today. We want to look at that more specifically in this next section. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Daniel draws the lines of the ages, the cutting of Messiah, that is, the crucifixion of Christ in 926. Terminate the age of the old Christ. Paul tells us that Christ's death terminated the old Christ because our old man was terminated. The old Christ is gone. Then what God has? The new creation. Well, the new creation comes from heart, from his resurrection. This is the church. The new creation is the church. Whosoever is in Christ is a new creation. So we all become the sons of God as the new creation to be the body of Christ. Could you see that? You have to see. When he becomes the king to rule over the entire earth, we will be a part of him. This is what? This is, we will be the kings. With him as Becky. Ron, for all the marvelous things that Daniel was privileged to see, I doubt if he could even have imagined this that when Christ comes again as the ruling king, we, his redeemed ones, will not just come with him, but when he comes, we will be a part of him as the co kings. What level of revelation is this, Ron? The highest revelation afforded us in the scriptures that we, based upon Christ's redemption and through our regeneration, we become parts of Christ. To say we come with him, it's easy for the natural mind to conceive of that and understand that. But the light is in this expression, a part of him. Are we not members of the body of Christ? Are not the members of your body parts of you? They're not just with you, they're parts of you. This expression, part of him, implies that in this age of mystery, hidden from Daniel, the triune God in Christ has carried out a strategic work of producing an organism, the body of Christ, the church, the new creation, which becomes the bride of Christ and the overcoming army in Revelation chapter 19. So to say those who come with him will be a part of him is to understand the prophecy of Daniel in light of the revelation given to Paul that we in Christ have an organic union with him, we as the body of Christ 
are parts of him. So I'd like to emphasize this little expression, a part of him, used to describe the fulfillment of the prophecy related to the overcomers returning with Christ, points to what is achieved in the age of mystery. Let me say again, if we are not part of him, we will not be coming with him. Only those who are a part of him experientially and in reality, through a rich experience of God's organic salvation, according to God's economy, carried out in the age of mystery, only those who are part of him will be with him at that time. Objectively, all those who believe in Christ, who have been saved, regenerated, are a part of him. That's our standing. Notice, though, I emphasize the words in reality, in practicality. Now I add experientially. We need to live in the reality of the body, in the reality of the organic union, to actually be part of him now. Then, after the tribulation, after the raptures, the things of the judgment seat of Christ, the decision concerning the overcomers, then those who have been living as part of him will be with him. I would ask those who are really seeking, please consider this expression in the light of the New Testament revelation, part of him. Do you know what it is to be part of him? There is a reason for this lengthy interval, this unknown period of time inserted between the demarcations delineated in Daniel. God is intent on accomplishing something during this age. Only when it has been accomplished will the end of the age come. So those who become part of him now will be with him then. I would speak frankly, we are dreaming to think that we will be with him when he returns if we are not becoming part of him experientially and in reality now. This is the value, I would say incredible value, Chris, of understanding Daniel 7 in light of Ephesians 3. It is a great blessing to hear this. It's even a greater blessing to experience this. But when we touch on this, we touch on the intrinsic burden that underlies everything we do in this, the New Testament ministry. Ron, we've been talking primarily today about what Daniel was not privileged to see, sandwiched in between these two great things that he did see. Uh, We want to go back to what he did see in this final short section today, because it deals with two problems that have faced God throughout the ages. First, the old creation, and the second is this corrupted human government that is represented by many of the things that Daniel did see, specifically these four beasts coming out of the sea. Let's go back to Witness Lee for this last brief section. The upcoming appearing of Christ will end the age of man's judgment. Two things bother God. In this whole universe, the old creation is a problem to God, and the human government is a problem. This first problem was solved by Christ's death. Through his death, he terminated all the old creation. That's it. Then how about the human government? 
Well, he will come back. Not to die, but to turn in them. All creation is gone. Human government is just disappeared. So the entire universe will be new. Turn up. Turn up from the old creation. Turn up from human government. This is the brief revelation of God. Ron, in chapter 2, when we were looking at the great image that Daniel interpreted for Nebuchadnezzar, we saw that the image is the controlling vision of the book of Daniel. And at the end of that vision, Christ comes as this smiting stone to crush the whole image that represents the totality of the human government. These two big frustrations to God are ultimately resolved, first by Christ's crucifixion, dealing with the old creation, and then his second coming, dealing with this problem of human government. This is really some view that Daniel gives us. Marvelous. Daniel speaks of Christ's redemptive death. That dealt with the problem of the old creation. Daniel speaks of Christ coming again as the stone cut without hands, falling upon the feet of the great image, abolishing human government. That stone becomes a great mountain filling the whole earth. That's the kingdom. This is Christ's second coming, solving the problem of human government. So the first coming solved the problem of the old creation through Christ's crucifixion. The second coming solves the problem of human government through Christ appearing to bring in the kingdom. In between, we have the interval, and what is on God's heart for this interval must be accomplished before the second problem can be solved. So there needs to be a new creation produced in and through Christ's resurrection. That new creation is the church, the body of Christ. Once the Lord has that, he will have the means to solve the second problem, the problem of human government. When he came the first time in incarnation, he came alone. When he comes the second time, he is not coming alone. He is coming with an overcoming army, the majority of which has been constituted in the age of grace during the time of the interval. So we see once again, we had the structure in Daniel, but in order to have the second problem, the problem of human government solved, we need to understand that God's strategy is to produce an organism in the interval, in the age of grace. Once he has that, then Christ will come with those who are part of him to smash the image, to obliterate human government, and to manifest the kingdom. This is the revelation of Daniel. This is the revelation of the Bible. And this is the heart's desire of God. And this is a word that God-seeking people need to hear in order, again I say, to be one with him now to be part of him now, to be with him then when he solves the second great problem, human government. I want to be there. I know you want to be there. So in order to be there then, we need to know where we need to be now, living in the mingled spirit, members of the body of Christ as parts of Christ. I uh, worship the Lord, Ron, for his revelation and also for his arrangement, uh, particularly that he arranged that you could be with us for this particular program. Thank you for joining us. Thank the Lord. Amen. 
uh, we will give you our toll-free number and invite you to contact us. We would love to pass on the printed life study messages that we have on this portion from the book of Daniel. That toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Our mailing address, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. For Ron Kangas today, I'm Chris Wild, and thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. If you'd like to read the works of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, just visit our website, ministrybooks.org. From there, you'll find over 600 complete titles available to read online free of charge. Witness Lee's ministry stood squarely on the shoulders of his mentor and co-worker, Watchman Nee as well as those of countless ministers of the New Testament throughout the ages. The riches contained in his life study of the Bible represent the top, the cream of his 70-plus years of ministry and range in topic from lessons for new believers to commentary and exposition on passages from every book of the Bible. But they all contain practical and deeper truths about the Christian life. Again, this wonderful online resource is available to you free of charge at ministrybooks.org. If you have questions or comments about this ministry or the program you heard today, email us radio at lsm.org or call us toll free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening today.